Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Monday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody's weekend was as okay as it could be. I mean, uh, we're all here. Uh, you know, so hope, you, you, so, hope you made it through the weekend. Hey, hey, so what do you guys want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was pretty interesting on my uh, on my, on my uh, uh, email from, I guess it's uh, the War Eagle Plus folks and stuff. Um, Auburn football was like three quarters away down the page. Oh, by the way, there's, there's a game this week. Sort of like three quarters oh, yeah. of the way down the page. I mean, look, what we, we should after be, Saturday, I guess I can understand. I mean, your team. Look, a vivid seats Brooklyn championship only comes around every yeah, once. That's in right. Oh, is that not what we're leading with? We're not leading with the well. Hey, the I mean, we, we, we got we got we got Bruce first today. Yeah, we did. You know, one of the best things about growing old is you can remember things that happened 20, 30 years ago better than you can remember what happened a couple of days ago. Well, so that's true. That's, I, I that may be know. a good thing. That may be a good thing. But the so sad wanna, thing is I can that? remember things quite a ways back. <laughs> I can't remember one as bad as that. Yeah, so we'll talk about the 2007 Auburn-New Mexico State game today because we remember that one and not, yeah. the, not, the one, not the one from Saturday. No, the sad thing is I'll remember that. I think everybody's oh. going to remember that one. It's, I mean that that was that was impossible to just forget about. Now the the as, players as the players as, will forget about it a lot quicker than the fans. As someone who wasn't there, like a, you know, work obligations. One of the fortunate ones, huh? As someone who wasn't there, I will remember not having been at that game and where I was instead. I suspect for at least the rest of the Hugh Freeze tenure, and maybe may, maybe for a very maybe for generations to come. I mean, these games are rare. Um, I mean, this is. Um, well, you it, said it before. You said it before the show. There, are, I think this is the most embarrassing loss in Auburn football history. There are instances where a group of five team or an FCS team comes in and wins. Right to see that is exactly against, right against against Power Five opponents, even Power Five opponents that have won conference championships in recent mm-hmm. years. Power Five opponents that envision themselves as football superpowers to see a team do it the way New Mexico. That's State what did. is. That's what's unprecedented in Auburn history, and I was trying to think of an SEC school that considers itself a, a contender, uh, you know, a, a quality SEC program that, uh, that that has taken a loss like this what and, was the worst? How, and how, they, how they handled it. What was the worst loss of the Malzahn era, Tennessee 18? Because Tennessee had come in having not won a conference game in a couple of that's years. That's Tennessee, though. You're, Tennessee. you're talking you're right. to an SEC school. You're right. It's not close. I mean, I that's mean, where I see a lot of people saying, you know, losses to Arkansas, losses to um, – Malzahn's worst uh, loss was Tennessee. That They were, I think, about a 20-point favorite. 18 to 20 would be my yeah. guess. You, you saw, you saw um, uh, Skarbinski's tweet right after the game. You, you saw that, didn't you, Brian? I did not. Uh, about, you know, here's a, here's a list of Gus Malzahn's um, – Non-conference home losses. Na- eventual national champion Clemson, and that's the list. I mean, you know, you generally you're going to beat those teams. You'll see some upsets. I mentioned App State over Michigan. 
You know, I mean, a lot of folks said, oh, look at Alabama. They lost to Louisiana. Saban, Nick Saban lost to Louisiana Monroe. But those games are generally last, you know, I mean, those are very tight losses. And obviously, they're very disappointing. I mean, <clears throat> Auburn lost to, uh, to South Florida in overtime. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this was this game was never oh, that, this game was not in doubt. Yeah. I mean, Auburn tied it and it was down. And you know, even at halftime, you're down 10-7 and thinking, okay, they're going to wake up at All half. Right, big third quarter. They're going to wake up and and Auburn goes out, uh, gives the ball right back to them, and they come down the field and convert a third and goal from the 17 yep. to a guy so wide open he nearly tripped over his own <laughs> feet trying yep. to dive into the end zone. If right. you didn't know, if you had shown that game on Saturday to someone who didn't watch college football, they would not have believed that Auburn was the SEC team. It no, was, they, that, they would have said, oh, that – that other team, that team in red, must have been the 26-point favorite. I mean, the, right? our, the way New Mexico State, I mean, how many, I'll pull it up in front of me because I don't want to get this wrong, but there were the, the different, the, the number of long. Four drives. I go. mentioned this, yeah, I mentioned this to the, to the uh, folks around me. Four drives of at least 10 plays. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, all that touchdown is, drives. That's. I mean, that's. Con- I mean, well, we talk- one of them was a field goal drive. We, we've bad. talked a lot this season about tempo and controlling the pace of the game and stuff like that. And I don't know if we saw a better example of it all season in an Auburn game than what New Mexico State did to Auburn on Saturday. I can't mm-hmm. believe I'm saying these words, but the, I mean, again, but the, but yeah, the way the way New Mexico State had. A, they opened the game with a 75-yard, five and a half-minute drive. Yep, that was an 11-play drive. The second drive ends in a punt. But it's nearly seven minutes. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the 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 final drive of the first half is was eleven. Was the long field goal drive? Eleven play, six minute field goal yeah. drive, and then the drive you just mentioned to open the second half of the game is the eighty yard, five and a half minute touchdown. And drive. then the, and then their one to go ahead and make it twenty four was a long drive. Oh oh, the one to make it twenty four is sixteen plays, yeah. eighty three yards, about that. and near. Six- yeah, nearly ten minutes. Yeah. Nearly yeah. ten minutes off the clock. Auburn could make... not. Auburn could not get them off mm-hmm. the field. Auburn could not. Auburn couldn't find themselves in third and anything but long. It seemed like no. It was. It was. It was a thorough. No question about it. Who the better team was? Uh, who the better prepared team was? Who? I mean, it's just. It was. It was solid. It Co- was just a solid. Backside whipping, coaching, and I mean, every coaching and execution, right? I mean, every, every aspect. It's hard to pick, hard to pick anywhere Auburn won that game, and most notably, they didn't win it on the scoreboard. No, 30, uh, thirty-one. I mean, and, did the game and, feel? Did the game feel over at twenty-four? At twenty-four-seven? Yes, yes. Like that, that's that's the drive where when, it, it when, became when, apparent when it was seventeen, and they got the ball back. I said, they cannot give up another touchdown. It's the most. They've got to stay within two scores. When Auburn was down three scores, yeah, it was over. It was over when it got 24. And, and that oh, yeah. drive features the a third down conversion deep in New Mexico State that territory. That was the fake punt run. No, drive, that, that, right? well, that's later. They have, the, they have the third and five to begin that drive where, where the quarterback scrambles for 12. You have the fourth and two fake punt. Which, be- which was at, as the team swapped ends to start the fourth quarter – and if there was anyone who was either blinded by the lights in there that didn't have any idea that they would probably run a fake punt, yeah. I mean, what that was the most obvious time. They got nothing to lose. They're coming in. They're playing to win. They knew hey, Auburn wasn't going to move the ball against them, even if they don't make the fake punt. If the guy just the guy trips and Auburn falls, would, and Auburn Auburn's would, not going to score. And Auburn would still have to give the ball back to right. a New Mexico State offense that had been cruising and running the yeah. ball. The best Auburn could point. have done would have cut it to 17-15. No, I guess it could have tied the game. Yeah, then. 
because it was 17-10. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was they a big, tied big the play game. in the game. It was a yeah. huge play. Yeah. Huge play. Um, and then that drive ends in a touchdown yep. uh, a couple of minutes later. Fourth yes. and two. Yep. Yep. Um, and now, and now Auburn, now Auburn's got to somehow, um, you know, be ready for Alabama this Saturday. I know that they will be more ready. There's no question they'll be more ready sure. for Alabama. But how? I just I, yeah. Up until last week, the feeling was this team's got a chance. Right. This team's a lot got of confidence a coming in, momentum. I I I, I see no way, folks. Folks will tell me, and I heard, uh, I heard Doug before you came on talking about the twenty-one game. That twenty-one team had beaten a couple of teams that that could breathe. This team has not really. When you look at it, who's the best win Auburn has this year? Cal. Cal's got to be. Cal's got to be. Cal's beaten you. Cal's the best team Auburn's beaten. That's Auburn has played. I mean, yeah. I guess I guess the optimistic view would be Auburn has played Georgia and Ole Miss into the fourth quarter. That's true. At home, and and you could say a team that played Georgia and Ole Miss at home into the fourth quarter could potentially do the same thing to an Alabama team that is on par with Georgia and Ole Miss. Oh, they're I mean, better than Ole Miss. But, they're but definitely yeah, they, better than Ole I mean, Ole so Miss. so that would be. But but you're right. I mean, based on certainly recent. But but Auburn Auburn has really struggled against mobile quarterbacks. And uh, boy, Saturday, I mean, the defensive ends, I couldn't even, I, I could barely keep up with where the, the ends were because they were running around them the entire game. Yeah, they were. Um, and if, if there's anything similar Auburn, to that this Auburn Saturday, Jalen Milrow will, oh, I know. He, 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 may, he may punch a ticket to New York. Mobile quarterbacks on good teams, right? Because yes. Auburn, Auburn had bottled up uh, Vandy's quarterback and the, uh, was, was hurt. KJ, got hurt KJ, too. Uh, you know, KJ Jefferson didn't really do much. Who's been a guy who's right. beaten people with his legs in the past, but no, J- I mean, Jaden Daniels did whatever he wanted. Yep. Uh, I'll go, I guess he does that to everybody. Jackson dart broke that game open with some runs and, and kept plays alive with his legs and, in, and, in the second and, half. And Pavia, and Pavia was yeah. not in, I mean, he, he said he, he wasn't anywhere near full speed. You know, so, he, he couldn't run the way he normally runs. Yeah. And it wasn't just the mobile quarterback, too. I mean, they, no. they, Auburn, no. was, Auburn was struggling to take down. I mean, there, there were a couple of runs where you're watching the New Mexico State running backs and wondering, why are these guys in Conference USA? Hey, but right? they've like seen, you've seen running backs yeah. that work. You've seen running backs that can't make plays like that in the SEC all season. And, and New Mexico State has a couple of them. Star Thomas is aptly named, right? I mean, that guy, that guy was, was – uh, and then and then the other one, uh, uh, Young, was also. I mean, they, well, they and, two... and then yeah, and then seven, the uh, the quarterback turned receiver turned Wildcat. I mean, Stowers, yeah, y- y- Stowers, Stowers, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like you knew what he was going to do, and that just uh, Auburn had no answer. I mean, now they'll play. They will play much harder. They will. Um, th- th- uh, I, you know they. You know that this will be completely different. I'm just. It's still just going to take a while, as as um, Hugh Free said today. You know, it just feels like he's in a fog, and that's the way the Auburn fan base has to feel. Like, yeah. how you know what what happened, uh, and and how could something like that happen? That's the that's the question. Fortunately, I, I mentioned it to you guys here before we came on. I don't think the players hold that as long as fans do. I think for the players, that's ah, just a game, just a loss. Is there any? I mentioned the Oklahoma State South Alabama game before we came on, which that's feels the, like that's the only thing I can the, that, the closest thing I can find this right. season to something like this happening. If you don't remember, in week three, South Alabama went to Oklahoma State, didn't just win. I think they were over four. I think I think the line was between fourteen and twenty. Uh, Oklahoma State, uh, South Alabama went there. 
didn't just win. It was 23 nothing when the fourth quarter started. The final was 33-7. to mm-hmm. uh, South Alabama nearly doubled Oklahoma State in yardage. Since then, Oklahoma State has a uh, – they're one of the two best teams in the Big 12 this year. I think they're – I think if they win on Saturday – they're going to the Big 12 championship game yes. against Texas. Yes, they could right. finish the regular season 9-3. and three. South Alabama 6-5 and five in the Sun Belt uh, has, uh, has, has struggled since that game. So it is, I mean, I guess the, the, the parallel there would be Oklahoma State seemingly had the advantage everywhere over this visiting group of five team played badly. And this is what can happen even against a visiting group of five team getting that big paycheck. And I guess Auburn would be another example of that where, I mean, it, it, the, the, the talent level between a good Big 12 team and a 6-5 and Sunbelt team should be immense, right? It should. It, you're right. As should the talent between uh, even, even this Auburn, you know, redone roster and New Mexico State. Don't give me – I mean, you can't use the, oh, the talent level no. this time because New Mexico State, I think they've averaged I – mean, they may have averaged – Cracking the top 100 in recruiting for the right. last four years. How much of this is about the era, right? Like, I mean, I believe, I believe that is a huge part of it, Dan. I really do. Not error. I, I did not say I, error. I, I think that you have so many players who, you know, are at schools. They, they weren't the school that they initially started with. They're not a school that they ever really followed growing up. They just they wound up there because it was the best opportunity for them, either playing-wise or monetarily. And, you know, uh, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, I just feel like they're sort of they're they're hired guns. They're they're mercenaries. And uh, like I said, I, I think it would probably be easier for some of those guys to shake this off because it's just a loss. No biggie. It's just a loss. They got a big game coming up this next week. And I wonder how many New Mexico's I don't have this information in front of me, but I feel like New Mexico State, like a lot of group of five teams now, it's a mixture of players who started at the power five level mm-hmm. and players who were, were overlooked at the high school level because a lot of Power 5 schools are looking in the transfer portal now uh, instead of recruiting high schools the way they used to be. So I wonder if, hopefully not at Auburn, but I wonder if games like this could become a little more commonplace than they used to be. Where I think you're right. Where, where the talent margin isn't what it used to be between the Power 5 and the Group of 5, and now you could see, especially a Group of 5 team with a pulse and some motivation, come in and... And, and really scare the daylights out of uh, out of out of a group of five out of a power five team outplay them and and win the game going away like we saw with New Mexico State and Auburn. Uh, well, I, I think it's more likely now than ever before. I guess the concern right now is 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 that is that a situation that could happen anywhere, or is it something that you're going to have to be prepared for happening again uh, under Hugh Freeze because it's happened. It's happened to him back-to-back years. I know yeah. last year the Auburn job was the distraction. Right. What was the distraction this year? There shouldn't have been a distraction. Mm-hmm. I know Alabama's coming up this next week. I don't want to hear, oh, he's focusing on recruiting. I know he is. But he's not the only coach that recruits. Right. And and I, I do think there'd been a, a – uh, uh, a good bit of positive news and positive feeling since Crime Dog had folk been focusing more on recruiting. He had somebody actually to help him more with recruiting. So I don't need to hear any of this. Well, you know, if 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 you're going to be happy with a coach that says, "Well, I'll punt, I'll punt a few games this year because I'm going to recruit," then uh, 
Let me hear from you. All right. We need to get to our first break. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com is alongside Bill and Dan with Drew back at the controls. Drew, you feeling a little better? That's, I that's imagine, good. I imagine Brian has been seeing nothing but reasonable and, oh, on the bunker? Yes, and yes, yes. nuanced oh, yes. takes about, about yeah. Auburn's performance on Saturday well, for the last couple of days. Anybody has a reasonable explanation, yeah, there is I am nope. wide yeah. open. The first one I've heard since the game ended, if, if you've got one. Yeah, no kidding. We'll get to our first break. And uh, we'll get to the phones when we come back. 334-321-1390. That's the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. That's the Drive Text Box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors who also sponsor the podcast. We're right back. Come on in and join us here on the Monday Drive. This is Zach Alsterbrook with all with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon, 21 minutes after 4 o'clock, and we'll get right to the phones. We've got a full bank of them, and Glenn gets us started. Hey, Glenn. Hey, hey guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have several things that I want to lay on the table, and I know that Saturday was not the greatest thing in the world. In fact, it was a total deflatement. But how... A, how much of this is putting round pegs in square holes or square pegs in round holes? I don't know how you say it. We're, we're not going to get any darlings if we keep fouling up bleep and blundering. And by darlings, I mean diamonds in the rough. Where are they? Right? Where are they? Because <laughs> I, I don't see... I don't know whether it's a byproduct of coaching or recruiting or continuing to put round pegs and square holes or what. You know, it's an interesting question about whether or not, we appreciate the phone call, Glenn, about whether or not it's going to impact uh, recruiting performances like this. I think Brian would be better suited to, to answer sort of like, I mean, the 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 game Saturday, I, I guess there, I mean, there are, the positives are you can sell recruits on being part of the solution. The problem would be those recruits are being recruited elsewhere too, and everyone saw what happened. Yeah, I, I would say from my 20-plus um, years of experience covering Auburn and recruiting, uh, the outcome of a game is the most overrated thing for a recruit. Like, it usually does not play a big part in their uh, decision to go to this school or not go to that school. The only time that it really um, factors in recruitment is when there's a coach in the hot seat and he loses a game and yeah. then the momentum yeah, is building that he's going to get fired. Mm -hmm. So you, you can see that right now at A&M where, where Jimbo is fired and at Florida where that, that momentum is starting to pick up now. And I think it's at year three for him. Yes. Yeah, so he's – Year two. No, it's just oh, year, two, year two. Just okay. year two because, because uh, man, they, they nearly pulled that one out. But they lose to Florida State. They're 11 and 14. However, they've got a shot. They've got yeah. a shot. It's an old yeah. with, with, Tra with, with Jordan Travis yeah. out. We'll see. But so well, I, I, I don't Auburn, think Auburn needs right Florida now. to lose that game because that's that could affect that could bump Auburn back another back spot up. in the bowl rankings. Yeah, I, I don't want to go to Houston. Just just me. I just don't want to go that far. But we'll see. Um, or Birmingham again. Oh God, no. <laughs> so I, I do think, and also there's usually a bump 
for a first-year coach too, mm-hmm. right? Because you're building a program. You can sell your vision to these recruits and what you've done great here and what you plan to do here at Auburn and such. So I, I don't think that's, that loss is necessarily going to have a big effect on Auburn's recruiting. Um, but, of course, if you pile loss upon loss upon loss upon season upon season, then it's going to have an effect mm-hmm. because everybody's going to know that coach is on a hot seat. Not sure Hugh Freeze is going to have the opportunity to pile loss upon loss on season, season upon, upon season. season. <laughs> well, no, you know what I'm saying. Before right. things, you know, no, but, right, but right. no, yeah, that, but there's pressure. There's pressure early to get returns, right? Because you don't want to be waiting as we enter year three or year four to see proof of concept on the recruiting trail. Like that, there's. I mean, you know, th- this is a pretty I mean, between now and the early signing period ending, and then of course the portal opening uh, in December. Like those are those are huge periods for mm-hmm. deciding what your team is going to look like next year. Uh, very important, especially for Auburn going into next year. They are in the process, or, or right now, putting together a really good recruiting class, one of the best ones they've had in quite a while. If you look at some of the players that are still involved with it, it sort of they looks need to like close Auburn. on them. Auburn could end I mean, up flipping some big big time players here coming they, down the stretch. Well, they too. they really need to though, Brian. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, after all the talk of all the efforts going into recruiting. And and people going, well, we may have lost a game or two because for all the efforts going into recruiting, Auburn better get those guys. They better yeah. not finish 12th to 15th in recruiting and 7th in the SEC in recruiting because that ain't going to catch you up. I know, I know we have, right. I know we have two callers. Yeah, we got on. Keith. Yeah. We need to go ahead. Okay, and get... let's let's get to Keith. I have, I have a question for you guys when we get when we get past Keith. Hey, Keith. Hey, um, yeah, I just uh, don't get it. You know uh, about the players, uh, whether they came here originally or whatever not to get up, and the coaches, not to get up for a, a game uh, and put forth any more effort than that. Uh, game plan-wise, effort-wise, and all that, you got 85,000 or whatever Auburn hoes now uh, coming to watch you play. All these guys covering you 24-7, you know, and promoting you and, and all. And I think they get filled – the heads get filled up with that, and then they uh, – and they're just having too good a time. But, uh, you know, they are getting paid, and a lot of them are. And the coaches are. I mean, and, and the coaches have a lot on the plate. But, you know, they're getting paid a good bit of money, but more than the average person does. And, you know, you just got to suck it up. You, ain't got, you don't have but 11 regular season games. And, you know, before you know it, it's over. And, uh, you know, there's no thing, no mulligan or anything like that. You got 11 games to get up with all this stuff, all this support, TV and everything. If you can't do that, you ain't going to ever make it in life. You know, it's interesting, Keith. I don't know how much of it should be about the external factors, the fact that these guys are receiving NIL money now or the fact that the game is on television or on streaming or stuff like that. You know, it seems to me like, like more of it should be if you believe that the problem on Saturday was effort. Like a lot of that needs to be – personal pride right that's, a lot of that yeah I, I think that's and and part of that may be roster management and just trying to trying to upgrade roster as, as quickly as you can where you don't have time to really evaluate but I think yes I, I agree Dan I think part of that has to just be on evaluating the players and knowing what players no matter what are going to get out there and they're going to continue to uh to to give everything they have whether the score is 30 to nothing their way or the other way yeah and um I I do think there is something to I think it was both of y'all talked about this era of college football where maybe Mm -hmm. things like this will be a little bit more common and maybe NLI does play a little part in that possibly I think uh so many transfers and so much changeover plays a part in that too 
And I think with just this Auburn team specifically, all season, it's had this small margin of error. No question. Where it needed to have a lot Everything of, needed to go right, yeah, or, or most everything. To have a chance. Right. And, um, and this may have been a game where it's like, all right, you're not playing one of those SEC yep. schools. All right, you can mentally – just right. relax, a, and we're just going to go through the motions and get out there and take care of it. My question well, would be, well, yeah. now I'm wondering, just because you played badly, does that mean you overlooked your opponent? Right, because you think Auburn. Is I think full, that's part of it. But, but Auburn is full of guys who started their careers at the Group of Five level and seemingly should respect a team because they know what it means to be a Group of Five team coming to a a power stadium trying to trying to get a yeah, win. Yeah, but how many of them ever went there and I won? Don't, well, I don't know. <laughs> so they're well, probably thinking, well, uh, "Oh, I was a part well, of that, and we never won." McLeod beat A uh, and M last year when he was when he was on uh, when he was on App State. I mean, sure. so there's there's uh, uh, you know there, there are a few guys who have pulled out. But you're right. You would think that I mean Hugh Freeze beat Arkansas last year as the, as the head coach at Liberty, and, and you know I guess that Stephen Sings is uh, you know so so there's there's a couple. But but no, you're right. You would think that you would think that Auburn would be especially. Uh, aware of what a group of five a, a motivated uh capable group of five team can do this, yeah because half this about half of their transfers were group of five and, and you free saw this team up close and personal mm-hmm. last year all right uh, appreciate the call keith let's get to anthony before we uh get to our bottom of the hour break hey anthony hey guys how you guys doing pretty good it's not taking anything away from new mexico state let's not blame nil money and this kind of thing on it Jerry Keel did a great job of uh, game planning and coaching. His staff did uh, had his players ready. They wanted it more. They were more physical than Auburn on that front line. Well, that they were. They they dominated. They won both both sides of the line of scrimmage. You have to wonder uh, how many of Auburn's future opponents are going to contact I'm, Jerry Kill. I'm so because he sure got a game plan to I'm, beat Hugh Freeze. I'm so I'm glad you. Made, I'm so glad you made that point, Anthony, because it really is like J- Jerry Kill and that coaching staff and and the and the guys that were out there executing. Like they deserve so much credit for for, for going as a multiple-touchdown underdog on the road and playing like that. You know, uh, look at the ball control. He kept the ball, I think, 12 minutes the first quarter. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, – uh, Yeah, about 11-4, to 4, I think, yeah. at the end of the first quarter. And that's possession. about the way it ended up. It ended up 39-21. I hadn't seen that kind of ball control since the days of Pat Dye when he brought that wishbone in here and it was, uh, you know, snap at the last second and no more, no longer until you have to. And just run, 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 or whatever plays you're running, and uh, just use all the time. And, and I mean, that was a great strategy to do that because uh, I guess he didn't want to get in a situation where Auburn would, would uh, get out there and start hurry up, lining up, and, and slinging the ball down the field. I mean, you know, he, he went ahead and did that, give him no time to do anything, and it paid off. Oh, no question about it. I mean, he's he's done a fabulous job, um, and and I mean that team's they won seven in a row for a reason now, and and uh, um, they're 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 a, they're a good. Smaller school. I, I tell you, what I like, I, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing this weekend. I just found out they playing my old school, Jacksonville State, uh, this Saturday. Jacksonville going on down to New Mexico. I want to see how that's going to turn out. I mean, that, that's that's interesting, you know? Oh, no, it is. Conference USA has had a couple yeah. of uh, – I mean, there's there's been – at the group of five level, I mean, you have uh, 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 Liberty and New Mexico State, I think, are the top two teams in right. Conference USA this year, and that'll be a good game. Uh, if, if if they were to square off, and Jacksonville State's right there behind them, didn't Liberty beat them pretty good? Early. Yeah, in, in, yeah, yeah in a, yes. The, uh, Ch- Jamie Chad well, did a great I job. Appreciate it. Appreciate the call, Anthony. We'll get Thanks. to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. We're uh, just a quarter of the way in here on the Monday Drive. 
Beck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Yeah, again, uh, I, I know that, you know, you got to try to put this one behind you, but it's, it's just hard to put it into perspective to just, I mean, it's still one that you go, did that really happen? Yeah, we're looking, up the, Saturday. We're looking up the Georgia pre-flight skycrackers during the commercial <laughs> breaks trying to find... Because I told Dan, I mean, I, I looked, I went back, and I may have missed something, but I went back and I looked year by year through Auburn football history, and the only game I could ever find in Auburn football history that they lost by more than 21 points to a non-major conference school was 1942 to Georgia pre Georgia Navy pre-flight I'll never in Columbus? That game, man. That was just, yeah, man, it was, it was a tough one. Yeah. I think they and they only won by 27, and they had they had some pros on that team. You know, and 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 the refs really uh, cheated Auburn that game too. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. Well, they I mean, what what it was it was a patriotic kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. You know, you go over to Columbus to play uh, at Georgia yeah, pre-flight. They beat uh, they beat Alabama two weeks later. By the way, a lot of people forget that uh, that you know, Auburn did or, or Georgia pre-flight. Three, three weeks later, Georgia pre-flight oh, okay. went to, no, went to Legion oh, okay. Field. And, and, you know, George Patton, I know he's known more for being a general, but he's a hell of a football coach, too. I'm sure he would have been. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's the Something we talked about last week after Auburn had won a couple of games in a row and it felt like they were finding momentum before all that ended up in the ditch on Saturday. There definitely was momentum. Uh, no question. D- did it feel like – Hmm. It, it seemed like with the transfer portal opening soon – Auburn wasn't going to need to go shopping for a quarterback because it felt like this time a week ago, it felt like Auburn's answer at quarterback for the 2024 season was already on the team and Auburn could start to maybe build around that quarterback. Is that still the way Auburn should approach things? What are you thinking about quarterback or do they need to add other things? I want, well, I think it goes without saying that Auburn is going to add other things. The question is, should they be looking at to upgrade the quarterback position too? I don't know. I mean, Peyton was what, 14 or 15 for 19. He was, yep. Yeah, now there were some guys that looked to be open downfield. Well, from, from my perspective, and it seemed like um, the, the, the option always seemed to be drop it off to the safety valve. No, the, the reason I asked but part of that is, was because is, there was no protection Saturday either. Right. My I, goodness. You know, it's, it, it's often this, is, this has come down to just the quarterback, and I don't want it to be. It's about, you know, it's not as though with a different quarterback, Auburn, because Peyton Thorne wasn't the one uh, keeping New Mexico on the field either. Right? No. Like New Mexico no, State and I, I've heard a lot of people blaming the offense. This was by far, by far the worst performance from the Auburn defense this year. Yes. The front front seven especially. I mean, even I mean, I guess. I mean, uh, look, look, LSU LSU ripped up and down that the field. That wasn't LSU. Auburn no. was playing on Saturday. Like that's no. You're right. I mean, you could say, oh well, it, it's one thing when Jayden, but Auburn Auburn couldn't get Auburn couldn't get New Mexico State off the field. They just it was more a you know death by torture kind of thing, slow death, uh, as really as they was. just kept just methodically moving it down the field, converting, you know, on and big you know. Third downs. They didn't get a lot of chunk plays. 
Was their biggest their biggest play? Well, no, they probably had one bigger. But the fake punt was one of their biggest plays of the game. The fake punt was a 23-yard run. I think they, they had, had one play longer in they, the game. Uh, they had a 28-yard pass, and they had a 31-yard 31-yard run, run by Star Thomas. That was, yeah. that was it. They had two plays from scrimmage. That, that were longer, longer than the fake punt. Longer than the fake punt, yeah. 334-321-1390. Spectre is up next. Hey, Spectre. Hey, guys. Uh, I guess I'm just one of those guys I've been told that tried to find something negative to say about Auburn. Well, I didn't have to go far to search this. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, 2012 was a terrible year for us in, my, in, in our modern football. I, I go back to Dye's era forward. So 2012 was probably one of our worst years. And um, and I think even Chiswick won all his non-conference games. He even played New Mexico State, if I remember the 2012 team did beat New Mexico State. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so uh, they lost. They lost to Clemson, but they won the other three. I, I looked up the worst team I covered was the 2012 team. Right. They were terrible. They were three and eight on the season. Yeah. Um, but they outscored. Let me see if I find it. They outscored Louisiana Monroe, who they beaten in overtime. New Mexico State and Alabama A and M by combined 124 to 42. The 2012 Oop. team, the 2012 Oop. team, a week after a week after the A and M disaster. I mean Auburn. I mean the A and M game in 2012 is one of the worst performances in Auburn history. And that team, a week later, beat New Mexico State 42 to seven. Who who do we have today, Brian? Yep. Yeah, tell me if you can. Maybe Bill too, because he's a lot older than you are. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. Tell me when the last time an Auburn team tell me when the last time an Auburn team has been beaten in every phase of the game except for field goal kicker. I mean, well, it's it's happened in some conference games yeah. in some I Al- mean at Alabama last year, right? Didn't yeah. They? What did what what did Auburn win that, against LSU? Yeah, I mean LSU this year was yeah. probably yeah. I mean it's 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 happened a few times. This is the only time I, I, though Spectre I can ever recall to a group of five school. Yeah, I forgot to say, I, I, excluding Power Five. No, it has. That, that, that's what we were just saying a few minutes ago. I could only Wait. find one time. I could only find one time in the history of Auburn football that they lost by more than twenty-one points to a supposed smaller school. Bunch of close calls. Auburn came back and won. Yeah. right. I mean, Georgia State a couple. Oh of yeah, years and ago. a lot of schools have close calls or State, yeah. or even you know upsets. You know, you want to. Uh, I don't know how many times I've heard. Well, Nick Saban lost to Louisiana Monroe. That was uh, seven points, yeah. I believe. Troy lost. Uh, Troy beat LSU right a couple right. years ago. Well, that, that was a close know, game too. You know, guys, I'm I'm one of those Auburn fans that don't lie down easy. I like to chew them up and spit them out, and I'm going to tell it like it is. You know, I, I've been around Auburn football for a long, long time, and uh, and I went through those. We went nine years without winning a game against Alabama. Yep. You know, and so you know. For us to be acting like this in the year 2023, it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, I'm not blaming this on Hugh Freeze, but he is responsible. Ultimately, no question. And I have no love for Montgomery or Roberts, for that matter, for having a, not preparing their teams to play football out of conference. And uh, so with that being said, I'll get over this Wednesday, and I'll be a super-duper Auburn fan come my Iron Bowl. But 
but beware, Monday morning, I will be talking again. <laughs> I hear you. Spectre, I, Hi, Spectre. I would say this I, this loss is easier to put at the feet of Hugh Freeze than any other one this season for Auburn, right? Like you, Because of the other ones, you would think, well, there's... there's the other losses have been to teams with more talent. Yeah. I mean, that, that's where you could say, like, well, the other... Right. You know, you acknowledging... What this is you, one where coaching... You, you know, it's set like the tone for your you team, feel right? you feel like if if the if the coaching is even, the team with more talent should win. Yeah. Hey, the team with more talent did not win. No, got destroyed. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. John. John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. I was just going to make a point. Uh, three weeks ago, Hugh Freeze was asking a press conference what the most important thing was, and he said to win the sixth game. And just as soon as Auburn won the sixth game, which was Arkansas unexpectedly, I don't know if they uh, sub, uh, subconsciously uh, took a deep breath and uh, took the foot off the gas or what. But uh, it's a great point. At the, be- at the beginning of the year, the people outside of the SEC had predicted Auburn, and the, you know the national pundits had picked it Auburn, picked Auburn to finish dead last in the SEC West with an average score uh, win loss record of five and six or six and six so i guess we're at where we thought we would be but uh that was a really sickening loss and uh like i said we didn't win any area of the game couldn't get off the field uh, and i do feel like um like i said i had my 53rd birthday saturday mm. so i'm old enough to remember school pride and i do think when you pay in players the kind of money that they're getting paid supposedly i do think that takes the uh focus off of preparation and you know uh there's nothing that motivates somebody like being hungry so i don't know but uh i do think he coaches a uh the right fit for auburn and i think i don't think he's gonna be the next nick saban but i do believe he'll be a nine and three already be a nine and three year in and year out coach so i think he's exactly what auburn needs John, John, my one, my one counter, and we appreciate the phone call. What's up, Artie? Um, the uh, you know, Artie the, barking. The uh, he's, the, he's the, excited too. Everybody, everybody's everybody's emotions are up yeah. about the this. one counter to blaming NIL for a performance or citing NIL. And I know we've done it a little bit earlier in the show, but but the counter would be lots of teams with players getting NIL deals stomped their Group of Five or FCS competition, yeah. did. including Alabama. This, this past weekend. So, you know, if you're going to say it's about and lots players. of teams that have players getting an IL money got stomped that's, by that's, other teams that's, that's that are true. getting an IL and money. And they like players weren't yeah. getting paid before an IL <laughs> showed up either. And there's yeah. also that. So, so yeah, I think, um, I mean, the, the notion of, you know, has it taken, you know, I, I wonder if free movement in the portal has taken more of the. That's own, what I was sort of getting at a while ago. Not, not so much meaning in IL. The ownership, you know, sort of taking the ownership away because remember, I mean, I, I made this point this weekend to somebody. You used to look at a team with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores and think, man, what is this team? Just think how good this team's going to be in a year that, or two. That team's going to be dangerous and now you look at a team of freshmen and sophomores and you're and wondering, where are these guys going to be in a year Where are they all going to go? <laughs> right? That, that's yeah. that's that's the era now and in an era like that, you know, it's, it's different. Yeah, and back to the press conference, uh, me and Bill were both there and I believe what Freeze said was he usually doesn't set believe in setting goals for a season, mm-hmm. but that getting six wins was really important for this program. Getting to a bowl was really Man, important for his first year. The difference year. in six and seven, though, is, is oh, so I, big. Oh, I agree, right. It's like, you know. But I think people are sort of making that out to be that was Auburn's goal and they quit afterwards. And that's, that, that's not really the way no. I, I, I necessarily see that. But no, I do I wonder and he also if, said, if bowl eligibility had been on the line in the New Mexico State game, 
I, I wonder. I wonder if. I wonder if you, you get a different performance. Maybe he also mentioned that you know he's more about the the process of, of getting better and improving throughout the season. And I know, do believe. And I do believe. I know. I, I Specter. I, I I heard you a little earlier. I disagree that Auburn has not improved at all this year. Auburn. Imp- I really believe Auburn had improved up until Saturday. Yeah. I felt they were on a nice track. They were. And I know the competition had been lesser over the last few weeks, but there's no way. I mean, if you're continuing that track, you're playing another team that, I mean, if Arkansas, if Arkansas and New Mexico State played Saturday, who would you pick? Ooh, based on what I've seen lately, I'd probably pick New Mexico State. But do you, but do you expect them to win easily? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, would, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Probably not. I would expect an SEC team to maybe struggle with New Mexico State, a lesser SEC team to struggle with New Mexico State but beat them. So if you're progressing, you might have struggled a little against New Mexico State, but that progression absolutely stopped Saturday. Now they've got to try to recapture some of that and uh, and get out there and play against uh, a a much more talented and pretty darn motivated Alabama team this Saturday. And, you know, We've talked about this. This is historical loss, right? One of the worst in Auburn history. However, you want to balance it out with some other ones, but there's not a whole bunch of explanations or, or whys to it. It just it happened. You know, it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, I said earlier in the show, like bad things happen when you play badly, and even even against a New Mexico State yeah. team that you feel like you should beat by. Well, you play badly in in pretty much all areas of the game, all facets then the game can really get bad, and that's exactly what happened. Do you know where Brett McMurphy has Auburn going in uh, in his bull projections? Probably Houston is my guess. Do you know who he's got him playing? Um, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Funny funny how these things yeah. work, right? A couple of teams that – The two teams that got stomped by a group of five Two schools. teams that got blown out in paycheck games this year uh, could, uh, could find themselves uh, playing each other in a bowl game. All right, we'll get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in here on the Monday Drive. Noble here with Dixie Electric Plumbing. At 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of hour number one of the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com and Drew at the controls. And back we go to the uh, Drive hotline. And Spectre's back with us. Did you hear me, Spectre? Yeah, Spectre. <laughs> I, I, I did hear you. But what I would like to say about that, Bill, you know, when we played Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and in, in Arkansas, we were playing three teams with losing records, probably worse off than we are. And when and when you call that, when you of course it's a win as a win, but when you call that an improvement, I think it's a facade myself. Well, I, it, I, my, it, my it point out, was, it, it, I'm sorry, go ahead. It turned out to be true when we played New Mexico State. Uh, improvement showed up on the field that day. Well, what I was, what I was, one of the things I was talking about, and I've got in, I was talking with Brian and Dan about it during the break, is this is the first I'm trying to recall under a first year coach at Auburn when I've seen a team that I didn't feel like was terribly concerned about what was going on. I, I felt like under, um, you know, co- coach, coach died to Terry to Tommy to, to, to Gene, to Gus, to Harson, they the guys played their butts off. I felt every every game they may not have been as talented, but they were playing really hard, and I could see some signs of improvement. And I thought I was seeing that until Saturday. 
Yeah, you're so right, Bill, about that. But let me tell you, when uh, ah, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> my goodness, does that get worse as time it goes? Does, on? It does. It happens uh, to us. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate. Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh Lord, <laughs> Auburn football. Like, wa- Auburn. like walking in a room and like, why am, why am yeah. I here? Oh, what am I here for? I, I, Auburn, 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 not the only I, one. I seriously have done that. I'm going. I'm in a store, and I'm yeah, like, oh, what, what, what am I doing again? Specter, where am I driving? Why am I? Appreciate, yeah. Where am I? This is this is not my, this is not my beautiful house. Saturday's not the best day for that either. I mean, that, that's your added to that. Have you thought of it yet, Specter? No, I'm still thinking. No, oh, okay. Uh, if I think about it, you know where we are for the next hour. Specter, we're, we're going to leave you. On, right. we'll, we'll leave you on hold and check in with you in hour number two. No, no, no. I'll call you. Oh man, yeah, we're we're just about done with hour number one. The lack hey, we're of, laughing. That's good. The yeah. la- you, you talk about the 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 urgency you saw, lack of. No, no, no. Let's let's go back to Georgia State. Okay. Let's go back to Auburn losing to Georgia. State. Auburn came back and won that game. But for much of that game, Bonix was benched. T.J. Finley went in. Like Auburn, Auburn was losing to Georgia State, and the possibility seemed to be more and more real that Georgia State was going to come to Auburn year one under Brian Harson and win that game. And, Auburn, and I kept waiting Saturday for that moment, for that like, too. oh crap, we've got you know we we've got to get to it. Uh, still waiting. Yeah, we're still waiting for still it. Waiting. All right, we're, we're halfway done here on the Monday Drive. Love for you to join in, Bill, Dan, and Brian. Come on in. Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to hour number two of the Monday Drive here on this Monday evening. Hope everybody doing well. The uh, the weather, not bad today. Just wait a day. Uh, I believe we've got a decent chance, pretty good chance of some rain oh, and yeah? wind tomorrow. Look. But looks like by Thanksgiving, it's going to be nice. going to be cooler. And then I looked, uh, looked ahead to this weekend. Looked like highs in the low to mid 60s and lows in the 40s. Typical uh, so yeah, weather. it mm-hmm. is. It's, it's, but it, no chance. I don't think any chance of rain on Saturday. So that's good. Look, hopefully everybody, uh, you know, uh, enjoys Thanksgiving. We get decent weather for that. By the way, that will be the only day this week that we are not on the air. We'll be on, um, you know, through Wednesday. Take Thanksgiving off and be back on Friday, before uh, um, b- before the Iron Bowl and. I believe we may we we ought to double check on this, but we may have some news about next Monday's show. Yeah, no, before, I, I, before we, we, are, we are efforting that. Yes, also, I, you know we should mention I, too. I was asked about that by by the folks there. Our uh, our pal uh, our pal Doug is going to be in town on on Saturday too. Yeah, right? he's, he's going to be at Chappie's keep, early. Keep meaning early. keep meaning to go to one of those. Although yeah, this one's earlier. This Dan. one's earlier than usual. Yeah, he started so. at seven this time. Maybe I'll pop in pop in for a late dinner. Yeah, just uh, yeah, no kidding. All right, uh, hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika. On the web at orthoclinic.com, and we have a full bank of calls on the drive hotline presented by Skybar. When they clear, when one of them clears, the number to get you through is three three four three two one. 
1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. So let's uh, let's don't wait any longer and go ahead and get to the drive hotline, and Dan gets us started this hour. Hey, Dan. Hey, guys. Yeah, I, I was at that game, and uh, it was rough. Um, the whole crowd wasn't into the game at all, and the team played just like it. Yeah, it's and like it's like both us- sides. The the maybe the fans were were waiting for the crowd to do something, or the team to do something, and maybe the team was waiting for the fans to get. I don't know, and whatever. Yeah, it never happened. And and something one of the other calls said about uh, you know like once we got the sixth game, I could see our team not being focused and kind of thinking we're just going to walk through it. And, and look, we, we played a team that, yes, they didn't have the same talent that we did, but they were a good team. You know, they played well together. They didn't make any mistakes. They didn't have any turnovers. I mean, the, the perfect storm to beat us, they they did it with the perfect game plan. And, you know, it, it was shocking to every single person out there. But I don't think you can just say, hey, because we have more stars and more four stars and five stars that we should, should win the game because – then you would think that when Georgia came to Auburn, you know, we would have had no shot and we would have lost by 30 points. You know, so, look, some teams, you know, they got us at the right time. It meant more to them. It was their Super Bowl, and they played great, and they dominated the lines of scrimmage. They did. Which is typically an effort issue. Or, you know, you know, it's, it's like their guys were playing to win. I mean, they were they were shoving us out of the way, and that, that was probably the most shocking thing, honestly. But – Hard to you know, identify, Dan. It's hard to identify a group on Saturday that felt like they were playing harder than their New Mexico State counterparts, right? Like, you know, whether it was – Find any area that Auburn outplayed New Mexico State. There's not one. I mean, we didn't block them good, and, and we didn't get a lot of pressure. And then, look, give their quarterback credit. I mean, I mean that guy, you know, maybe he, maybe he was injured, maybe he wasn't, but he was awesome at avoiding, you know, pressure whenever we did get pressure, which wasn't a lot. You know, and it's like it's nothing worse than sitting in the stands and it's like first down, second down, third down, fourth down, first down, second down. Yeah. It's like it was just monotonous. <laughs> it was a perfect game plan, and you know it sucks. <laughs> I mean, no, it was like the old it was the the water no, torture, no. right, Bill? It really was. It was like oh, you know, it was just getting it was drip, drip, drip. You know, watching uh, watching New Mexico State advance the ball with uh, no response from Auburn. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I truly expect us to play, you know, way better next game. Doesn't mean we're going to win or anything like that. I mean, I think we have a shot, but I, I just think we got that sixth game. We started feeling good about ourselves, thinking that this was getting easy, and we were just going to walk on in there and have an easy day. And we found a team that just wanted it more, and you know, hit us in the mouth, and we didn't respond at all. You know, I mean, just those long drive drives were brutal, and mm-hmm. so. You know, but I, I don't know. I, I just I do think we're going to rebound this week. I, I'm not saying we're going to win, but I, I do think we'll have a much better game. But uh, but yeah, that'll rank up as one of the worst games to watch for fans. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully nothing tops that in my lifetime. And I'm hoping I'm yeah. not gone yet. And, and I think it's going to be. You know what? If if Saturday doesn't go well for Auburn, it's going to be hard to ignore what happened a week earlier. Too. I know people want to flush yeah. this game and everything, but if Alabama if Alabama comes here on Saturday and trounces Auburn. It's hard to ignore that a week earlier. I mean, yeah, there were warning right. signs a you're week right. earlier when New Mexico State came to Auburn and did the exact same thing. Yeah, if Auburn got in with seven wins and, and that had happened, it had been like, oh, well. 
you know, it it sucks, but but if we somehow win next next week, then everybody will forget about this game. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, know about, I don't know about forget, but I think that uh, you know it won't it, it won't be at the topic. It won't be at the right. top of your mind. There would be some some redemption. There's a chance for some redemption still. We love the a end good of the redemption season. story. And everyone loves redemption. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Rock, Rocky sequels are full. Of I'll them. be riding the heck out of one if that happens. All you right. better believe it. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety and Jeremy is up next. Hey Jeremy. Yeah, don't talk about forgetting that game because I haven't forgotten back to back losses to Southern Miss. Like now. I was in Jordan here for I time. was too, but I mean <laughs> that they, they had a pretty decent quarterback yeah. and those weren't those weren't stompings. They weren't, but, but that's my point. Like Oh yeah, you're not gonna you forget, No, you're like, not gonna you're forget not gonna this forget. past one. No. Yeah, if you for, if you forget this game, you're part of the problem. Yeah. Um that, that Saturday, we got beat by maybe the toughest football coach in college football. Um, I don't I don't know that anybody would say there's there's a tougher coach than Jerry Keel. Oh, you're talking about there. the adversity he's he's uh, he's overcome yeah. personally to continue coaching. Yes. Yeah. Um. No, I would agree. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, without knowing everybody's story and everything, I would say like it, it's well documented. Jerry Hill's Jerry Kill's health problems. Um, it 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 caused him to resign slash get pushed out of at least one major conference job. Probably scared some employers away in other instances. And and he has done everything he can to overcome it. And he hasn't let it stop him from uh, fr- from being a a a highly success a highly successful college football coach. And every everywhere that guy that guy's football teams look exactly like they looked on Saturday every week. Um, that that's the one thing that I that I know of Jerry Kill. Um, that said, like y'all were talking about, like what was going to be the spark? You would think when the opposing team's quarterback picks up your dude and yeah. slams him to the ground on, on the your sideline, side on your sideline, side side you you might decide, you know what, I'm going to throw a punch. But but we didn't. Like there was nothing that happened Saturday. You know what? I'm not. I will never blame the fans. It is the player's job to have themselves ready to go. Like, fans are fans for a reason. They're hoping their their team does something to make them cheer. They, they We did nothing. Hey, on, on that play, their sideline went crazy. It's like their that, that fired up. them up, that their quarterback exactly. is slamming a guy on the Auburn sideline. Absolutely. And, and you know, other than the 15 yards, got away with it scot-free. Yep. We, we didn't. We didn't, we didn't have anybody take a shot at him or get in his face the rest of the game. You know, we did nothing. Um, and that comes from, from a coaching standpoint, too. Like, Peyton Thorne running the football cannot account for 30% of your offense. No. In the first half, he ran the ball on almost half of Auburn's plays. Say what? What did Auburn, Auburn finishes with nine carries by the by the tailbacks? Yeah, John Boyce had seven, right? Maybe seven and one then. To Damari, maybe it was just eight. Just forty-five plays total for Auburn. And yeah, I do not care. No, it was eight for John Boyce and one for Damari. Yeah, but whatever. What the game plan is coming in, how your players are executing during the course of, of the game and in the start of the game, if you can't adjust so that Peyton Thorne is not carrying the ball every other play, 
was there was a game. I want to say this was under Gus um, when Bo Nix. It was this. It was the. It was one of the losses at South Carolina. I know it's South Carolina. It's not New Mexico State. But there was a game where you came away, and I mean, I think Bo had four, you know, thirty-five to forty yep. pass attempts, and also, you know, more, more than half of the team's rushing attempts. And and Bo's it, a Bo's a great runner too. But you know, at some point, you you can't you can't expect that. Well, I was also yeah. The load can't be all in the quarterback. Yeah, well, like I, that. yeah, and I was I was thinking in the first half when I think, am I crazy? I think Peyton had like twelve carries in the first half. Auburn had 22 mm-hmm. plays and he had like 12 right. carries. I'm thinking, and you've got Alabama next week, and yeah. you're gonna you're gonna go in with a beat up quarterback. Well, they we 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 just played right into their hands. Like we're we're trying to run the RPO, and Peyton's reading the RPO. They were forcing him to keep the ball. Yes, and they knew exactly how we were reading the plays and exactly what would happen if they did certain things. Yeah. And they forced Peyton to make that decision. And we never we never stopped running it, like, to do something different. We never did a jet sweep. We never run a counterplay. We never you know, ran a screen pass. We never even just stood up and threw a fade. Like, it's just, I, it's mind-numbing. Um, you think yeah, Alabama like, might figure that out this week? Oh, sure. Um, the, other, the only other thing, like, it was, they had the ball, I think it was 17-7. to seven. They had the ball on our 48-yard line. It was second down and eight, and they had a holding penalty. And we declined it. Mm-hmm. That's and right. I, I looked at my wife, and I said, they're in positive territory. Yeah. If they get four yards here, they're going to go for it on fourth down anyway. Why are you declining that penalty? Back them up and give your defense a chance. Um, and that's where that's where like Hugh Freeze talking about like energy and effort and preparedness and all this. Our coaches were not prepared for Saturday, and I will not blame our football players for not being prepared when the coaches were not prepared. I can't argue with you. All right, guys. Beat Bama. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it, Jeremy. <laughs> 334 321 1390. And Terry is up next. Hey, Terry. Hey, Bill Dan Brown. How y'all doing? Good. Bill, I'd say this, but that, that fake punt was so obvious. I think I saw it. <laughs> well, it, it was hard. I mean, the thing is, and there was so much more time to think about it because the quarter had, ended and we had the light show and they swapped the ends. And maybe that's what I said. Maybe somebody got blinded. And they they couldn't see what was going on out there, but I mean, what a what an obvious time to try it because Auburn's not moving the ball. They don't get anything. Then they all they're going to do is have to start their next drive deep in their own territory after an Oscar Chapman punt. I don't know what's scarier: the idea that that play surprised Auburn or the idea that that play didn't surprise Auburn, and it's still you know what I mean. They like, reacted like it surprised them. It's, I mean, I, either way, because Auburn bad. kept coming at them from the from mm-hmm. from the from Auburn's left side, from the punter's right side, is where they kept rushing, and they just snapped at the up back who ran the other way. Yep. In uh, in Casino, the Martin Scorsese movie, there's a there's a moment where Robert De Niro's investigating a robbery at the casino, and he tells one of his guys, "Either you were in on it, or you're too stupid to work here because you didn't see it coming." And it, it's I mean, not, not I don't want to use you know I'm not that that is. That is a play where, I mean, if it surprised you, that's bad. If it didn't surprise yeah, you, you're right. That's bad. You're too. right. I thought it was interesting in the post game for that. Somebody he was asked if, if they had spoken about the fake punt um, during the timeout, and he had a one word answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
That was it. That's all <laughs> that he said. Was it. That was it. So you could tell Ooh. there was some. Um, <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Was there any thought of, of, of them elo- running a fake punt? Yeah. And here yeah. we go. Eloquent yeah. in its brevity. Yeah. More to that. And then it's kind of like in the, the pro wrestling. The guys can act like they don't know what's coming. They know what's coming. That's right. I mean, the well, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what are you saying about pro wrestling? <laughs> no, <laughs> they, know, they don't know it's coming, but they know it's coming. You got they, they, really yeah. like they don't think it's coming. Yeah. I mean, it's it was. If you it, thought it was coming, you'd have gone punt safe and you'd have had your defense on the field. Um, I don't know. I don't. That's why I'm not a football. Yeah, that's pretty. That's but, pretty much what Saturday is. Just whatever. I mean, I don't yeah. know the uh, the uh, the slamming of the, the quarterback slamming the player and people comparing his wrestling background. I said, well, wrestling is an individual sport. Football is a team sport. So let's not even go there. Uh, I want to ask Brian about the the effect of recruiting and all. And does, if you've commented on this, Brian, already, I apologize. But could it affect it in a negative way? I can't see how it couldn't. But could it also affect it in, ne- in a positive way? I can see how it could. Yeah, uh, we did talk about this really early in the show, but it's my experience and opinion that results in games are really overrated in how they affect individual recruits and their decisions. Um, The only time I really see it uh, be a big issue is when uh, that losing coincides with with the coach being on the hot seat, and that's certainly not the case with Auburn in the first year under uh, Coach Freeze. So uh, that was a tough loss, but I don't necessarily think it's going to – determine how Auburn closes here. Um, and then, you know, this weekend, Auburn's going to have a huge recruiting presence for the Amber. I mean, really, really big. There's going to be kids from all over, mm-hmm. a bunch of commitments, a bunch of commitments to other schools, a bunch of top targets in the 24, 25, and 26 classes. So this is, this is an important weekend for Auburn coming up in that they need to have another great atmosphere at Jordan-Hare Stadium and need to show recruits what Auburn is capable of being, not necessarily what they are now. Mexico State's on the schedule for next year. Oh, I meant to check that earlier. I hadn't done it yet, but um, I'm not I sure. didn't think so. But I don't believe New Mexico State is on next year's schedule. I, I think that there's because it's because it's uh, it's it's Cal. I New think Mex- Hugh Freeze would be ready to go ahead and buy him out. New Just Mexico. <laughs> Jerry kills the coach. New New Mexico is the other is the other team. It's not New Mexico okay. State. And then uh, ULM is uh, is one that I think yep. Auburn, presumably Auburn will play. Uh, an FCS opponent uh, that that season as well. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. You'll take care. Appreciate it, Terry. We need to get to our first break of hour number two, right back with more of your phone calls here on the Monday Drive. Attention large. Back on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. All right, because now, now, I'm, now I've got Grand Funk on my mind. When he said Mark, it's like I've got three. It's Mark, Don, and Mel. No, it's it's Mark is up first. I'm losing my mind. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I thought I was going to say something controversial, but it seems to be a, a common theme. But it looked to me like Auburn was very intentional in this game. Um, intentional in the sense that um, towards the end of the game when Auburn had a theoretical chance of actually winning the game if they scored a couple of touchdowns, they had three men on the defensive line and they were dropping seven or eight players back into a soft, very soft zone pass defense. 
uh, at a time when you wanted New Mexico State to run the ball, I mean, you wanted them to run the ball, or excuse me, you wanted them to throw the ball. Uh, we were guarding against the pass, preventing them from doing that, and we weren't guarding against the run, and they would get seven yards on first down. That just seemed very intentional to me. Well, I mean, a lot went wrong on defense, right? They couldn't stop them. They couldn't get on the, off the field on third down. You know, they tried blitzing. They got burned on couldn't a really, really third Could not get to the quarterback, even yeah. though they had a sack or something. I mean, the pressure wasn't coming from – the guys that you needed it to come right, from. And the quarterback did a great job of coming up to the line of scrimmage, looking what Auburn was in, mm-hmm. and completely checking to something else, and then executing that play to perfection most of the time. But right. But, I mean, if, if you want them to throw the ball and not chew up time, you put a lot of people on the defensive line. And yeah, Auburn you would think you would. You'd overload, overload to stop the run and, and count on your guys in the secondary to have to uh, – Play man. You know, I think if there's anything that surprised Auburn from the from the very beginning about the game, I mean, you could say it was the, the fact that New Mexico State could run the ball the, the way they could. I think Auburn thought that the secondary would win more of those matchups against Agreed. receivers than they did, right? They thought, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get into bend but don't break third and longs, and, and we'll, we'll feel good about our sec- the matchup of Auburn's secondary against the New Mexico State wide receivers, and New Mexico State won that one too. They won every one of them. Well, they were getting seven yards on first down because we had three defensive linemen and nobody else at the line. Yeah, they won everything. They won first down. They won third down. I mean, and they, uh, what, I guess they were two for two on fourth down. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there there was nothing. I mean, really, there was nothing. Hugh Free said this after the game. I don't know if he addressed it again today, but, I mean, somebody asked him what could he take positive out of it, and he said nothing. There There wasn't anything to take positive out of that game Saturday. It just seemed very intentional to me. And well, I hope and, not. And I've let, you know what? I've, I've thought Ron Roberts has come in with really solid game plans. Like oh, I agree. I mean, I was just bragging not. on him last week about, oh, he should be mentioned in the Broyles Award. But, but you're, I mean, yeah, I mean, it seemed like Auburn had no answer for whatever New Mexico State wanted to do. Appreciate the call, uh, Mark. Good hearing from you. 334 321 1390. Is it John next? Hey, John. Hey, Bill. Hey, I'll take the bait on this. You said earlier, do you know of anyone that would be fine with you freeze punting on a few games to recruit? I mean, I watched Georgia. I watched Georgia on Saturday. I watched Alabama on Saturday, and I watched Auburn on Saturday. I mean, is that not an indication that's exactly what he needs to be doing? Well, you know, I think this whole narrative of he's just recruiting and not coaching. It's got to be either or. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. I mean, there are parts of the day every day that he's put aside to make these important phone calls to connect with the recruits to do that extra little bit that makes a difference yes mm-hmm. but you know they have practice he's out there he's it's not like he's not at practice coaching people up it's not like he's not visiting the defensive and offensive rooms and um, participating in whatever level he wants to on the game plans and yeah I just I think that's just a little bit is there a little bit overrated is there any thing. reason to think I, I guess my question would be how would how would punting on the games help recruiting versus playing uh, the the best possible season you can while also recruiting like in the nfl you have you know the draft position stuff like that but but in college you know it seems like they're they're related but they're also fairly separate i mean dan the only point i would be making on all of this is i'm absolutely fine with him focusing on, on basically i think auburn fans have very low expectations 
for Auburn football. The only thing that matters to me is competing with Alabama and Georgia, having a shot to beat them on the field and playing for championships. And so until you get a roster built, stacking five stars on each other, you know, where you have a two deep, you have 22 on your roster that are four and five stars that can compete with them. I think that's ultimately what matters. And then that's when I would judge Hugh Freeze. But like, I'm fine punting on a bowl game if he can go recruit. To me, it's just building roster. If we get Cam Coleman from this, that's a bigger win than the detriment to the loss to me on Saturday. Well, I, I just think Auburn fans have a very low expectation. Guys. That's a big picture way of looking at it. That it, I, it I don't is. Know if, I, I would say this though. I mean, if your players, if the current players on the team feel like you're punting to try to bring in better players, you're going to have a tougher time bringing in better players because recruits. Did Brian talk? Brian address this. If 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 the players on the team don't believe in the coach, it's going to be tough. I mean, yeah. part part of recruiting is the players feeling like yeah, the players that are already there want to compete for this coach. Yeah, and I can tell you that they don't have that problem, right? These co- no. these players believe in their staff and their players. They, they didn't, it didn't look like it Saturday, right? But, <laughs> well, but, it didn't look like anybody was really there I, Saturday. But I do think he's right in the fact that you know, the most important thing Auburn can be doing right now, the most important thing doesn't mean they can't do the other things too, but the most important thing to well, making Auburn. They have to recruit. They've got they have to recruit right. well. Yes. That's yes. the only way they ever be able to compete with the Alabamas and the Georgias and the LSUs and the Ohio States and the Clemsons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, is they've got, to, they've got to do better high school recruiting. They can help out the team and fill in some spots through the portal, but they've got to win those mm-hmm. high school uh, you know, rivals 100, four stars, five stars. They've got to start winning those battles. Yep, I agree, Brian. And uh, hopefully one day with this staff, we will have a, a roster that can actually go compete with Georgia and yeah. Alabama because I think that's what ultimately should be the goal. Anything less I don't think is acceptable. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the call, John. We'll get one more before our bottom of the hour. Jerry is next. Hey, Jerry. Hey, guys. Um I just wanted to mention one thing I noticed about the game Saturday was how many third and long we had and got pass interference penalties. Oh, oh, that we went against. Well, early on especially, that first drive, that that almost seemed to break Auburn's spirit, Brian. I mean, maybe. I mean – uh, but but look, they were interference. They were Auburn did interfere yeah. with them. But I mean, if if they had not, or you know, uh, if if Auburn had been able to get off the field there early, maybe who knows? Maybe maybe everything would have been different. But right. uh, they didn't, and what, it wasn't. What, didn't we have like three had two, interference penalties? Well, in two the were on the drive? first. Two were on the first drive. There were two on the first drive. One was one was on a third down. The other wasn't the other one on fourth down. Seemed like it was a third and a fourth down on the first Something the like first that. possession of the game. Yeah, Auburn had Auburn had two pass interferences in the game uh, according to the stats, and, and they were both on that first possession. Then. Yep. Well, a fourth and right. five. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fourth and five. Welcome. That was Larry Cam. Nixon. Was the one that that was eleven minutes Nixon. left. Yep. Yeah. Welcome, Cam. Hopefully. No question. Appreciate it, Jerry. All right. We're uh, at the bottom of the hour. We'll go ahead and get to that break. We'll get as many calls in as we can here in the final half hour of the Monday Drive.
with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 27 minutes away from 6 o'clock here on this Monday evening, and let's get back to The Drive hotline. And Paul is up first. Hey, Paul. Hello? Hey, guys. War Eagle. Hey, man. How are you doing? Good. Quick question. If we were to line up and play them next Saturday, would we beat them? I don't think we would. It seemed, seemed like New Mexico State had important advantages in a couple of spots, right? Where Auburn I mean, should be better than, than New Mexico State on the line of scrimmage. I mean, that yeah. that, that to me is the, the most mind-boggling thing to me is, you know, this is a New Mexico State team that had been – they'd been winning, but they hadn't been winning big. They lost I mean, to UMass. Oh, they, got, they, they gave up 41 to UMass. <laughs> and New Mexico but State. But, I mean, yeah. they, they'd won, uh, you know, their last couple of ball games by three and nine yeah. and – um, the, the, the way they dominated the line of scrimmage is something that should not have happened. The way they kept drives alive on third and fourth down with, with plays that seemed low percentage, you know, at the time, the receiver would have to make a great play or the quarterback would have to scramble out, make great play. Like those, those are things where you would maybe think maybe they don't get every break, uh, the, the way, the way they did. And they, look, they earned it. I mean, they, they, they created their own luck, but they, they, you I mean, know, they didn't just beat us. They dominated. They did. They absolutely did. Now, they made – when they had to make a play, they made it yep. every mm-hmm. time. It's just a very disappointing, disheartening. Second thing is, if we were to beat Georgia and we beat New Mexico State, and then if we beat Bama next week and this was next year, do we make the 12-team playoff? I'll hang up with Wait, Wait, next year? All right, so you're saying with three losses? No, probably not. He said if we beat, say we beat Georgia and we beat New Mexico State and we won again against Alabama, would we make a 12-team playoff if this were next year? I still don't think with three All losses, right. I think it would be tough. Boy, right. it would be close, though. They're, they're, yeah. They'd be in the discussion. They even would, with having beaten Georgia and Alabama. Where, where, because you're talking about three-loss Auburn and some two-loss teams that, are, that were probably considered yeah, in, right? you're right. So, so I mean, it, it's a yeah. Let's let's see who else would would be there, the but SEC they'd be might, in the talk. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think where is there is there a nine and three SEC team right now, and where where are they in the college football playoff well, rankings? Uh, uh, Missouri's playoff, nine and two. Oh yeah, yeah. Rankings, yeah. Missouri's nine and two, and, and they uh, were ten, LSU's yeah. eight and three. Top the top yeah the top three loss team in the country right now is LSU at eight and eight three, and three. In, in the and rankings. where are they in the rankings? They were fourteen in okay. the most recent. Yeah, so yeah, close. Yeah, uh, so. move up two spots, and that you know, and that doesn't include Alabama wins Georgia. over Georgia or Alabama. Right, right. That that would. Yeah, so he probably would be. Yeah. That's yeah. Probably be going on the road, but hell, you take it. Uh, no kidding. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Good hearing from you, Paul. Speaking of Paul, before we do that. Um, that, that sort of brings up Brian's musings today is Monday musings. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to look at them today. Well, uh, went back, Paul Simon, um, back in 1976, uh, their Thanksgiving episode, uh, and their opening monologue, he came out in a giant turkey, um, waddled out in yes. a giant yes. turkey. Yes. I can remember that as clear as, yeah. Yep. Saturday yep. Night Live is the show. Saturday Absolutely. Night Live, yep. What did I say? I don't think you said the show. Okay. I'm sorry. And then he started singing Still Crazy after all these years, and he stopped after the first um, section of it. And 
went on a little rant, I guess, about you know how he didn't about want to be being here. dressed in the yeah, in the, about, yeah. About, and then as he's walking out, they, the camera follows him, and um, he runs into Lauren Michaels, and uh, Lauren's talking on the on the to the camera while he's trying to go through the door frame, but he can't get through with the turkey because the turkey the yeah. backside was oh, so yeah. big. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, it was that was great. Uh, yeah, that was that was back when they were first actually about that time they were actually being called Saturday Night Live because it was just Saturday night. Yep. When it first came on, it was live from New York. It's Saturday night. You know, I'm not ready for primetime players. Yeah. The first group. Yeah. How and, did Paul uh, Simon? Because I know he, I know he has like this longstanding connection with Saturday Night Live, right? Like, was it just? I oh, guess yeah. he was buddies with the guys back in the. His buddies with Chevy too. Back in the it, 70s, yeah. yeah. You Chevy, Chevy video, was yeah. on his um, uh, video for um, <laughs> Call Me Out. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Call, me call Me Out. Call yep. Me out yep. Yep. But yeah, he, he was married on it. I think 14 times. He was. Totally. He was married to Carrie Fisher. Uh, I believe for, Paul Simon for was, like a year, who was yeah. also, I think, shortly thereafter married to Dan Aykroyd, or they were, I believe Carrie Fisher and Dan Aykroyd had a, like, it was, it was they, they were all in the same, they were all traveling in the same circle back then, which is, you know, it's, it's interesting because Paul Simon. That's Simon's, a nice way of putting it. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> they were all. Oh, Yellowhammer. They are all hanging out at Studio 54 yeah. is what you meant. Yeah, right? Yellowhammer, how yeah. you doing? Hey, very good. Uh, so, here's my problem. Uh I can't explain what's going on. <laughs> uh, we went to Arkansas and played a great game defensively. Then we come home and not only just look ordinary, but kind of bad. Well, and yeah, I Auburn went trouble. to Arkansas and dominated every phase of the game and then came home and got dominated in every phase of the game. It's, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's hard for me to uh, rationalize what happened. Here's my theory then. Uh Scientists, you know, talk about human physiology having a cyclical thing, you know, biorhythms, which is just, you know, one day you're feeling great and then another day you don't want to get out of bed and you can't tie your shoelaces. It's just something that happens to everybody. And so on every game with every team, there's probably a player or two in that kind of condition, mentally, physically, emotionally drained, or all three maybe. But sometimes there's like a really rare situation that comes up where the entire team is strange. And I'm just wondering, that's the only way I can explain it. I hope it was something like that. Uh, I mean, the, the the entire team, it's like, I, I wonder, what was their pregame meal? I mean, did they take a sedative for their pregame well, meal? They, they took, they, they got the, they got the, the, you know, the, I don't know. It was the in-flight meal from airplane, you think, was served to the whole team? Or they check, they the, just check had the raisins line. and nuts, you know. Check the, check the locker room for a gas leak or something. No, I think that's you know. Oh, no. I mean, we're all. I mean, the, the, we're 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 open to anything here, Yellowhammer. I mean, they could have been beat up, lame, limping into the game. That could have been a hard physical game. I don't know what happened to them. I, there. I think they felt they were in as good a shape physically as as they'd been all year. Yep. Well, that makes it even. <laughs> it does even, even worse. <laughs> I yeah, just, they did, they did I beat Arkansas. How, they did beat Arkansas soundly six days earlier. I mean, yeah. So I, I just have trouble explaining it. I just wonder if any of you can explain. It. Nope, nope, nope. The answer <laughs> is no. You want to talk? You want to talk about Saturday Night Live in the seventies? We're your guys. Yes. But if you want to, uh, you want to know. What <laughs> oh, I can't. Yeah, that was a good. Uh, uh, Gilda Radner. Mm. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, all those that cast. Woo. Uh, anyway. Uh, here we are in the 2030s, and uh, it's not near as good, I don't think. But 
anyhow. Uh, the show or well, so, I mean, oh, these doing, days? They're doing, they're doing their best, you know. Yeah, but but yeah. Yeah. Pre- appreciate you know, it, Jason Hammer. Momoa wouldn't be oh, okay. great, great, okay. great stuff as always. Um, Carrie Fisher did not marry Dan Aykroyd. They got proposed. They, they got engaged, and then she left him to go back to Paul Simon. Oh, okay. They got uh, they were, they were uh, got engaged on the set of the Blues Brothers. Uh, Carrie, Fi- Carrie Fisher yeah. and Dan Aykroyd engaged on, on the on set of that film. Uh, did not very very good trivia. I like that. Thank you. Yep. Like it. And with that, we've come to a dead stop. Well, I mean, we got <laughs> you know good stuff from Yellowhammer there, but I mean, I thought we were. I mean, we we can. Oh. Well, do you want do you want to do some brief basketball? We haven't talked any oh, basketball. Yeah, basketball. This, Auburn, Auburn, the the legends Auburn champions <laughs> twice in That's a right. row, two nights back to back. Yeah, very. Uh, I thought very impressive. Really good to see. And and uh, uh, Bruce talked about. Denver Jones today, and we wondered because you know we'd heard that he might be Bang questionable, up. and yep. he said yes, he was doubtful. As a matter of fact, for the uh, opening game against Notre Dame, played much better against St. Bonaventure, and he really and he and he went into some discussion about Denver because we talked about him a little last week, and I you know I, I'd wondered you know we'd seen some flashes from Denver, seen more from him in practice than we had in the games, but he talked about. You know, he's transitioning really to not being the guy. He's not the man. He's yeah. he's one of quite a few players who can produce, who can score. But I thought, uh, you know, it was it was good seeing him. And he talked about how the production that Auburn got out of both Denver and KD against St. Bonaventure was uh, was nice to see. I'd say all the guards, uh, Aiden and, and Trey, I mean, that's just – that's what – Pearl teams to me are, are great at having really good guards and shooting threes and mm-hmm. uh, being a little bit more wide open offensively and uh, having a little bit better perimeter defense. I think those guys are all doing those things, and I think they can have a chance to get better as the season goes on. And the depth was a weapon in both games. And you know, I was talking with Doug on oh, yeah. his show earlier today about you know it's it's tough to it's tough to find basketball players that will buy into a system where you know, maybe your minutes are capped at twenty five, twenty six, even if you're as valuable to the team as Janai Broom is to this team. Mm-hmm. You know, the plan seems to be 10 players, when everyone's available, 10 players playing between 15. Double-figure minutes, and then Lior getting and, and you nobody, know, five or six. And nobody really getting over 30. And, yeah. and really, you know, the, the cap probably being closer to 25 than 30. Like, that's that's the plan. And when you're playing the way Auburn was playing in that tournament, Unless you've got depth you feel good about, you're either going to overutilize your starters or you're going to go to backups who don't play very often, and both of those feel like they play in Auburn's hands. I, 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 Bruce was great today. He was great today when, when talking about that. Did you hear his comments? You got to hear Bruce, yes. Oh, that, that, it, it was great when Bruce, Bruce just – I think he just sort of brought this up when he said that uh, he was talking about the commentators and he said, look, one thing I don't want to hear anymore about <laughs> is – how much depth we have, and how so-and-so only plays seven. He goes, I look over there, and I see six other guys on the bench. He goes, it's like, why, why should it be, oh, poor so-and-so only only plays seven? Well, it's up to them to, you know, to play to play more than is seven. This, is this about Lior? Is this no, about, no, 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 no. He was talking about, about the commentators. I guess he's watched or heard from people uh, that – that commentators are, I mean, they have, and they are going to say, well, Auburn plays 10, and the team they're playing only plays seven. Like it's a detriment for the team that's playing seven. And Bruce is going, well, they've got scholarships. You know, in other words, he's saying, well, 
then if that's a problem well, for the other team, play more. Is it presented like an unfair advantage for Auburn that yeah, they've been able to assemble? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, it's yeah. like all those poor teams that Auburn's playing yeah. only play seven. Yeah, poor, poor. <laughs> and you know what? Poor hapless Notre Dame, right? Maybe someday Notre Dame well, will be able to have an athletic. Well, like, the, maybe they can afford enough scholarships yeah, to play more like, than what seven. In the world? That is the, that's, yeah. I guess because I've that been listening. Great. I guess because I've been synced up to radio calls. This year, I haven't been listening to the the, yeah. the commentary as much. I th- this is this is foreign to me. But it, it makes sense. I mean, you understand what the point they're making is. Man, Auburn plays a lot of players. But uh, one of the things Bruce talked about is how Alabama A and M. He says they play twelve guys yeah, double figure that? minutes. Well, and I think that they goes hand in hand with Bruce's strategy, like the tempo that Bruce wants on both sides of the ball. If you try that with seven players playing thirty two minutes each. You're going to probably be good for about 32 minutes. Yes, and, and, and instead, being able to go to your bench because everyone's sprinting all the time, and if you're unable to sprint, go to the bench and someone else will come in and sprint. But the idea of throttling down and, and slowing down for you know to conserve energy, that's for teams that don't have Auburn's bench mm-hmm. or Auburn's mentality. Yep, so, I mean, good stuff from Bruce. Again, Auburn, Alabama, A&M tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, it's been announced that uh, if, if you – there are some tickets available, and they're going to open things up for the jungle, so you'll be able to come in and uh, make your way on down and, and so sit down there courtside. The, the beat writers can go ahead and make their way down. I'm sure you no, can, you Brian. Are, you I'm are sure you sit, can. You are to sit in your assigned seat. Oh. No, I bet you can. I bet they wouldn't um, stop you from going down there. I, just, I don't think they'll stop anybody from, from going down there. I just might have checked. a little difficult time you know, keeping stats or anything while you're down there I get the standing down up there. on the side. I can hold my laptop. That's what it's for. Oh, Brian, yeah, that, that would look good. Brian, that would look sit, really good. Sit in the middle of the student section wearing a neutral color. I want Brian, Brian Matthews right in the middle of, right in the, middle of the student will. section. I will. I absolutely will. In a tan suit. And I can actually see the game. Right? I see and Brian in a tan suit. Tan suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's coming up tomorrow, so you might be able to have a chance if you haven't had a chance to, uh, to, to see the Tigers in person. You can uh, – should be able to get over there tomorrow night. We'll get to our final break of the Monday drive. Still time for you to join in. 334-321-1390. Stick with us as we wind it down on the Monday drive. It's the trendy fashionable.